Well, good afternoon, if you're listening to this in the afternoon. If not, good morning or good evening. My name is Jared Siegerstrom. I'm here with my buddy and co-laborer, Caleb. What's up? Uh, Good to be here. Glad to be working with Jared and his his glorified intern, adding all these different projects on left and right. More than an intern, Caleb. (laughs) Tell you what, Caleb, it's good to be back in the office. I am Because last week, we were up in the woods of Wisconsin which used to live near the Way Dells where we were at. Wisconsin. What was your favorite part about living in Wisconsin, Caleb? It's not much different than Iowa. It was just nice to have a difference in terrain. Yeah. Um, I could look out and not see my neighbor's house 20,000 miles away. Uh, that was that was unique to Wisconsin. Yeah, it's pretty up there, man. We were on our survival trip. We had 16 students and four young adults plus some uh, really cool people helping us with the trip and staffing it, and it was great. We got away from normal. That was um, weird. It was weird. I mean, going straight from VBS week, which we had a ton of students serving with VBS, which was great. Caleb, you got to be Mr. MC. Not going to lie, Caleb, I was really happy <laughs> when you were the person getting silly stringed at the end of the week, and I could just sit in the back and laugh. Because like- over my years of hosting for VBS, I have had a d- gone into a dunk tank, I've had an ice cream sundae made on my head. I've oh been silly stringed. And what else? Oh, a pie in the face. I still have kids come up to me and talk about the pie in the face. So. I feel like I was pulling silly string out of my ear or my hair and my ears probably too for like the last couple of days after. Thanks. So I think a pie in so, the face sounds a little nicer. So right VBS now. into survival trip. Uh, survival trip was really fun. What was your biggest takeaway from our survival trip? I'm going to be honest. In my own flesh, when we first got there, I was a little... Uh, when I saw the conditions that we would be staying in, it was awesome tent and they, the, the people really took good care of us, but just seeing how much of a disconnect it was going to be. And I'm, I don't mind getting out of nature. I love hiking, but like really spend that time, like no, no civilization, tents, ticks everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there was a lot in my flesh where I was very not excited. That wasn't going exactly how I maybe had planned or envisioned it. Yeah. Uh, But God being able to just kind of pull me out and, and humble me in that week and then just invest in uh, get into the our teenagers lives and just kind of to see them interact in different ways mm-hmm. watch them fail in challenges succeed in challenges and being there just to cheer them on that was for me that was probably the most encouraging part of the That's and really challenging good. part of the week yeah i loved uh the trip minus nicole getting hurt on the last day <laughs> repelling but if you're local and can ask nicole about it she can tell you but overall it was really cool to see our students you know the first first night around the fire uh we kind of did had a time of debrief and testimony of taking something we'd done that day and make a spiritual application. And it was a little quiet and awkward that first night. But by the last night, kids were grabbing, you know, water purification. What is in the world does that have to do with the Christian life? But they were talking about, you know, the importance of filtering everything through uh, God's word. And then just making really cool connections. I, I don't think that's as possible or as doable in normal life, in normal Without things. becoming too cringy or stretching. Right. But when you are, when your phone's been locked up for four days and you're just with the same group of people, it forces you to, to really evaluate where you're at with your walk with the Lord. It was really cool to see our students and young adults step up. Um, I just enjoyed that much time with our students. It was really good. Um, that kind of leads us to today's topic on the podcast is we want to talk about the value of retreat. Um, 
not like going on a retreat because I've been on some retreats that didn't really feel like you're retreating. <laughs> uh, but we're the value of getting away. So I remember I'm going to date myself in a moment. So there used to be a series of commercials for Southwest Airlines that would always end with want to get away. So it'd be like an awkward situation. So you might be like, Congratulations. Hey, congratulations. I see you're pregnant. And then the lady's like, I'm not pregnant. And it'll be like, want to get away? <laughs> and then talk about Southwest Airlines. So we there was moments where hopefully not because you said something awkward, but you want to get away. And what's the value in getting away and retreating uh, from life? So Caleb, what is retreat? When we're talking about retreat, what are we, ta- what are we talking about? Well, do we want to start with what is not maybe to describe sure. better? I think retreat, a lot of times when I think of retreat is just is either a falling back, like something bad has happened. And so you're uh, maybe falling back. We think of like a military sense of um, you've been defeated in some way. And so you need to regroup. And I think there's a, we'll, we'll discuss how there is a sense of that, but really it's not because necessarily always because something bad has mm-hmm. happened or there's been some defeat in some way, but really it's a, it's a stepping back from what would be your normal routine of life. Yeah. So it's stepping away for rest because if you if your retreating is just busier or more hectic or chaotic than normal life, you're not going to actually feel rested. And it's a time to reflect. So I, I consider last week, even though we were working hard and weren't necessarily as comfortable as, you know, yes, I stayed in a cabin, not a tent like Caleb. <laughs> I, I Did saw, you have a heated blanket too? That's what the word uh, on the street is? Nicole may or may not have packed a heated blanket. <laughs> but uh, even though, you know, conditions weren't as comfortable as normal, I came back really feeling like I went on a retreat. I retreated because I got to reflect on my relationship with the Lord. Um, We had morning devos every day and Nicole and I did them together. And, you know, our theme was on prayer. So like one day we had to take and out loud confess our sins to God and to each other. And uh, I don't know if that, that doesn't happen as often as it should in normal life and, you know, with normal um, responsibilities or obligations. So that time of retreat was good to rest and reflect. So when you think of retreat, think resting in the Lord and reflecting on your relationship with the Lord. So what are some examples, Caleb, from scripture of people retreating, maybe doing it well, maybe doing it incorrectly? Whenever I think of someone retreating, uh, my first thought goes to uh, Elijah. I think of First Kings 18, we see he's uh, has like a mountaintop experience um, and there's literal fire rains down from heaven. He defeats a bunch of prophets. Like you see God's reign a high, and it's this awesome moment. But then really Elijah's kind of at the end of his rope. He's physically exhausted. He's been living on very meager uh, rations. God's been providing for his needs, but he's just kind of at the end of his rope. And really I, we see him almost a, a great man of God break down. Mm-hmm. Um, and re- he incorrectly retreated. They say we doesn't, he doesn't take time to reflect. He kind of becomes really depressed and lonely and decides to shut himself off. He retreats from what he should be doing, what his normal responsibilities are. But we do see that even God provides for his needs there. He gives him time to rest. He provides food for him. He moves him and gives him shelter. Uh, and it was a time for him to, and for God really, to redirect Elijah's focus, give him a time of rest and recuperation. Mm-hmm. But then really, strongly, what really makes a retreat valuable is that time of reflecting. Mm-hmm. He sees um, he sees how the Lord is working. He uh, He's in the winds. He's causes earthquakes. His fire is down from heaven. There's this glory in God, but we see that it is in these quiet moments is when God working is in still small whisper, mm-hmm. working through the details of our lives. And really, I I think it. I didn't really see how much God was doing 
my own life and just having that time of prayer, even this last week of just, it was quiet out in the woods, getting here the stream and just to really ponder and be thankful for who God is and then all that he's doing in my life. Not that my life has gotten easier as a result of that week, but to reflect really on who God's character mm-hmm. is. And that's what we see then and again at the end of First Kings 19, Elijah's focus has shifted. That's a really good point. Sometimes we have to step away from the noise and the busyness of life in order to to have God speak to us through his word, speak to uh, us for a chance to commune with him through prayer. I'm reading a book called A Praying Life by Paul Miller right now, and uh, he talks about that value of treating your relationship with God like just that, a relationship, and approaching God as a child. Jesus oftentimes you know, commends children for coming to him. And how do children come? They come believing God. They come... Mm. They don't come like cynical or doubting God's ability to do something. Like my girls come to me and ask uh, for outlandish things because they think I'm dad and I can do it, which is cool. And that's how we should approach our Heavenly Father. But the value of retreat is to get away from that busyness or or chaos of life and commune with God in a special way. Another example from the Bible is from Jesus himself. So Jesus, the Son of God, the most important relationship in his life wasn't with his earthly parents it wasn't with it even with his disciples who he lived a lot of life with he w- had to retreat and spend time with his heavenly father um he was united with his father in you see jesus's life i mean his three years of public ministry were busy breakneck speed just crazy fast and if you ever want to see that breakneck speed read the book of mark because one of the key words is immediately and immediately went and G- jesus went and did this and then he did this then he did this but what did he still do? He made time to retreat, even if it was just for a few moments or minutes or hours uh, to, to commune with God. And it's not because uh, of anything other than the fact that Jesus had a special relationship with his father and that dictated the rest of his schedule. So we see a biblical example of retreating even in Jesus's life and ministry. You see it really at the end of his life, too. I mm-hmm. mean, this is right before he's being arrested. Uh, he could have spent time, maybe God seen his family, but really his most important relationship was with his father and he went and retreated there yeah. in the garden and spending those last time in prayer and just reflecting on God's plan for his and um, honestly showing his faith in what the father is having for him. I yeah. think that's awesome. This is really, this isn't really within the scope of retreating, but this is a cool side note I read today in that book, A Praying Life, is that um, we see in scripture, prayer is an out loud sort of thing because I think it reminds us of the relationship. And even in the garden, Jesus must have been praying out loud and loud enough for his disciples to hear and record what he was praying. And you see, you know, Jesus's humility and his desire to be obedient to God as he's retreating right before, you know, the last day of his his life before he, he was crucified and risen again. So Caleb, just for you, what is in the life of Caleb love, what does retreat look like? What are those times where you've been able to to disconnect from the craziness of life and connect with God? I think a lot of times when I don't recognize my need for a retreat until it seems like there is a defeat. And so a lot of times is I don't eat, I retreat probably at the very last second or when mm-hmm. I should have been. Um, but when I do recognize my need to retreat and when it's time for me to rest and reflect, I love just, and if it's not winter time, getting outside. Um, I remember one time, um, many years ago, I was going through a lot of different spiritual battles and there was just things in my life that I was really frustrated with. 
And I took a time reflection. I went out to the Makokita Caves. Oh, yeah. Probably not the smartest thing to do, climbing did through you, caves by yourself. Did you tell anybody you were going? I told one person, and they were in so another We learned state. that last week at Survival. If you're going to go out <laughs> on a trip, you need to tell somebody where you're going, what time you're leaving, what time you expect to come back. So that if you don't come back, they know where to go send the search party. I think I told one person. So this is one of those, like, do as I say, not as I do there situations. Um, but really, I was able to find a little nook brought my Bible out and just uh, read through. Honestly, I read through First Kings and th- seeing how Elijah's reaction to those mountaintop mm-hmm. and valley times of life. And that was really a great time of prayer. I journaled um, and was just writing out my uh, prayers of uh, request and just a deep burden, but then also really dwelling on what I'm thankful for in mm-hmm. this situation. And that was probably, it was an awesome moment of retreat for me. And that's yeah. kind of a habit I've made in different times when I go home. love getting out into that the mountains of Tennessee and just spending time just in prayer, quiet. There's no one around and just, just dwelling in God's creation. That's I think great. that's a, a Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. And like, what a better way to dwell on God's glory to, to bask, to, to what's the word? <laughs> is it bask? Yeah. <laughs> in, in his greatness is to get out in his creation, to see mm-hmm. the rolling hills, to see even bugs and his, um, yeah. his creation as a result. That's good. Uh, retreat in my life looks a little different because I can't really... Kids stop, make a little bit harder. Stop being a husband and stop being a dad. Um, for some littler retreats, um, just getting up before my family in the morning and having anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour to myself. Sometimes I'll, I'll go out and exercise, but on my best days, I just sit and read scripture and then pray out loud. And that gives me an opportunity before I even start my day to, to spend time with yeah my Heavenly Father. Um, that doesn't happen as often as it should. It needs to happen more. Um, that extra 20, 30 minutes of sleep isn't nearly as invigorating as spending that time with my Heavenly Father. Mm. On other occasions, Nicole and I uh, had the opportunity once or twice a year uh, to find somebody awesome to take our kids, and, and we'll go away and just... We find that we talk really well on car rides. So students, I don't know if um, you ever get the chance to ride with your parents, um, but using car rides, not to just listen to music, not to, you know, zone out uh, to a podcast or a video game or something like that or your phone, but using that, that highway time just to talk to mom and dad and commune with them or if you're old enough to drive yourself, um, you know, talking to the Lord. So if our students are here listening to this, Caleb, what would be some wrong ways to apply this principle of retreat or rest? Oh, my favorite way to retreat selfishly is to just kind of get rid of all, I think I'm free from all responsibilities. Uh, so when I would be living at home, maybe that would be, I would retreat from my fam and maybe I had good intentions, but that would mean you know, I'm not either contributing to the family where I'm shutting myself off from them and the responsibilities I have, not do my chores, yeah. not brushing the dog. So the whole, sorry mom, sorry dad, I can't unload the dishwasher, I can't scoop poop up from the backyard because I'm retreating, like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm resting. So resting doesn't necessarily mean ceasing from everything you're supposed to do. It probably means cutting out some of those unnecessary things out of your life in order to open up some time and space for the Lord for Lord to work in you. Um, so retreating doesn't mean, you know, quitting all your responsibilities. doesn't mean procrastinating, right? Isn't that a convicting one? We always... Like the pressure of doing something last minute. I think I'd do it better. It's just, you know, it's how tough diamonds are made. Pressure. Retreat 
retreating doesn't necessarily always mean isolating either. So like last week, we had 30 plus people, including staff up in Wisconsin, and we were able to retreat together. So first couple of days, our, our quiet time was by ourselves, but then on um, by day three and four, part of our prayer time was actually spent with another person. So retreating doesn't mean isolating necessarily. It just means uh, getting away. We had, like, like I keep mentioning, last week was our survival trip was an opportunity to, to retreat. Uh, summer camp is a really cool opportunity to retreat. In some ways, you come home tired, but it's like a good, fulfilled tired. So if you're signed up for camp this summer, we encourage you really use that time not to find a future spouse or a camp crush or anything like that. Use it as a chance to grow in your relationship with the Lord and build build solid friendships. Caleb, what would be some other ways that our students could rest well or retreat well this summer? I think you these summers are amazing times to spend time together with your family. And I know uh, families have different financial or uh, responsibilities at home, but finding times to go as a family and doing something, whether that's Maybe like, hey, mom, dad, can we do like a, a day trip? Geocaching is super fun. Oh, nice. Um, well, get yourself a compass, hunting. go a little treasure hunting, working together as a family, problem solving, and then just spending time in prayer together as a family. Um, just going out on a walk, going on a bike ride. Um, honestly, geocaching probably is like would be number one, number one up there. Yeah. I find myself when I'm retreating well is um, just reading for enjoyment. Um, for a long time, I was in school and had to read for an assignment, but reading for enjoyment is a way to re- to retreat well for me personally. I know some of this is seems like it's been repeated from our first podcast and how not to waste your summer, but I think what we're getting at connecting, you know, our first episode to this episode is one way not to waste your summer is to rest well. Our culture doesn't really know how to rest well. We th- think that busyness is next to godliness. And there's still responsibilities. Life is about you know, loving God and serving serving others. But busyness isn't next to godliness. So students, I encourage you this summer, you know, we're already over halfway through the month of June. Look for opportunities to retreat well. It doesn't mean going on an expensive vacation. It doesn't even maybe mean going anywhere. It might just be plugging in opportunities to rest and reflect on what God's done in your life. Getting into God's word uh, reading good books, listening to God-glorifying music, all of those are ways that you can r- retreat well. So have fun this summer, work hard, you know, make money, do all those things, but don't forget to retreat. Sound good, Caleb? Sounds great. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're looking forward to getting some more up this summer. We've got some plans on bringing some other voices in because you do not need to hear Caleb and I every week. But thanks for listening, and we look forward to hopefully putting out some more good content for your students. Uh, Don't forget, we love you. Have a good one.